Hi, I'm Max, and welcome to the Power Source Podcast, a place where I talk about old school games from new school perspectives. And today I'm going to be talking about some older games brought to life again on the big screen. That's right, I'm talking about movies again. I've already done an episode on movies-ish, mostly on video game movies and their problems. I did that episode with a couple of guests. Today I'm going to be doing it alone. But uh, I watched a couple video game movies in the past couple months. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about them. Um, This weekend I watched Uncharted. And then sometime in January I watched The Matrix. And then I think a little bit, probably November. I don't remember. Before I watched one called Free Guy. So, what do I think? Okay, base idea here. Um, Very baseline idea. I've never been a huge fan of video game movies. Movies that are about video games, movies that are inspired by video games, movies that have video games as a concept but never a specific video game. They've usually been pretty bad from, from what I've seen, what I've watched. Um, Pixels is for one that was inspired by a lot of old school arcade games. It, it, it just felt very, very like they were trying to tap into nostalgia, but had no nostalgia themselves and didn't understand what made those games good. And all they did ended up doing was ruining it. But, you know, I've got some pretty choice words to say about these new movies that have come out. So let me start with Free Guy. Uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about Free Guy in the podcast, but... I watched it with my brother, and I'll have you know that it was pretty good. So essentially, the the plot of Free Guy is that there is sort of a Grand Theft Auto style video game called Free City, uh, and you know if you don't know what Grand Theft Auto is, it's essentially you do crime and you win points because of it. Um, and so in this city, there's artificial intelligence, which is all of the little characters, all the NPCs, the non-playable characters. So things, people like bankers, security guards, pedestrians, that sort of thing. And the movie characterizes them as having some sort of sentience, to that they are aware of, of the life that they're living and sometimes how ridiculous it is, but they don't ever really comment on it. It's just what they do. That's how their life is. People come in, the people with the sunglasses, which are the players, and come in and destroy stuff. And sometimes they die, but then they wake up in the morning and they're fine. So it's a little bit crazy. But then there's one guy. They just, they just call him Guy. He's got Guy on his, on his, uh, on his little name tag, played by Ryan Reynolds. And he one day realizes that it's a, it's a game, and well, he doesn't realize it's a game, he realizes he can make choices, and he can have an influence, and he can change the way that things happen. They don't just have to happen. He can stop the people with the guns and with the sunglasses from hurting his friends. Like, he can make a difference. And so, because of this, he starts to grow and change and and win the game by doing good, not doing the crime you're supposed to do by going against the game. And he ends up falling in love with uh, a a girl who is a player who, like, the other part of the plot is that this game was essentially coded by these two people and then bought by a big company. And then they changed the game completely but kept the base. 
And so these two developers were upset that this big corporation bought their game and changed it completely. And so one of the girl that Guy falls in love with uh, is one of the developers. So, uh, you know, that's the plot. I'm all, I've always been a big fan of artificial intelligence, and I've talked about this a couple times. Um, and so this idea of this sort of non-playable character coming to life and, like, realizing that he can love and, like, what love is and what love actually means and then kind of making a difference to fight for his world. I liked it a lot. So, on top of the fact that it had numerous video game references, tasteful and got the crowd cheering. By crowd, it was probably just me and my brother screaming in the theater, regardless. Uh, they had a portal gun and a gravity gun and Captain America's shield. It was a bunch of stuff. It was awesome. Um, you know, definitely, you know, on the... I don't know if you, the listener, have ever heard of the rule of cool, but it's this sort of, I guess, design, storytelling, creative rule that sometimes people just need to do things because it's cool. Because if we did everything realistically, well, the story would be pretty boring. So other than, uh, you know, video game references and the fact that it's set in a video game, what does it have going for it? Since I've mentioned before that that kind of thing is usually pretty awfully done and pretty boring. Well, it was actually really well done and not too awful on gamer culture and developer culture and really felt like a pretty accurate, if not over-dramatization of corporations and indie developers and that sort of thing, which... Always feels a bit ironic considering these movies are made by multi-billion dollar companies, but regardless. um, You know, it had a lot of gamer culture showing people from all around the world playing this game. And it had a lot of the focus more on the the game itself rather than the hashtag gamers that these movies often focus on. It used the 3D scan model of Ryan Reynolds for certain scenes to show that he was a character within the video game. And it looked jarring. But it looked really like good in a weird way. I feel like might some people might have uh, like trouble with that. They might not like it. But I thought it was very interesting because it's like you see it from his perspective, and he's he's real because that's what he believes. You know, he believes he's a real, tangible person. And then we see it from the out, from people you know in our world's perspective playing the game, and he looks like a three D model. And I'm like, hmm, this may or may not have been intentional. I like to think it was because it looks really good and it really gives the effect of, of a video game and not just guy on a screen in a recording, which is what most of the time this is. So that one, uh, I liked it. It was fun. Not the best movie. Uh, I think it just more appealed to my personal tastes rather than being good cinema, but it was fun. Another round good experience. My brother and I were screaming in the theater. Sorry to anybody who went and watched that movie. We were we were definitely yelling uh, for over a lot of things. Uh, what's next? Okay, so me and my brother watch movies often, and we are both Matrix fans, as anybody who has seen my laptop with both my lock screen and my home screen as the Matrix images. Uh, we both love the Matrix. So when the Matrix Revolutions came out, we were really excited. We waited for like two weeks. We were just like so hyped up. We were, we were getting to get tickets. We had, couldn't. Corona happened again. Everything closed. And so we were, we were sitting in our home re-watching the Matrix movies over and over again, excited for what it could be. So the movie itself was pretty good. Uh, and also, it, it was a little bit ridiculous because 
so spoilers again for for Matrix for this Matrix Revolutions, but um, the initial plot is that so essentially Keanu Reeves' character is Neo in the in the third Matrix movie. I can't remember the title of that one, but in the Matrix Three, he his character sacrificed himself and Trinity to essentially stop the machines to make peace with the machines and to essentially save humanity. It was a culmination of the whole story, and they did it, and it was he, he died, and it was really dramatic. And then we see him on screen, and he's you know he's old man Keanu Reeves, and he's got long hair, and he's a video game developer, you know, and and apparently like in. In the universe that... So, okay, I'm getting a little sidetracked. So, we see him, and it turns out that Neo is... He got taken by the machines, essentially, as as payment for humanity being able to sort of be left alone. And he was taken and put back into the Matrix for being too powerful, for being the, the chosen one. And made to believe that everything he had experienced was a dream and that he had based uh the 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 matrix games which there i believe there do exist matrix video games but i'm not sure i haven't played them but that he was a video game developer and that he had made matrix games based off of his dreams and so he was kind of living in a weird reality where he said where everything didn't happen and he wasn't sure and he was going to a therapist and he doesn't figure out that he's he never left the Matrix to begin with in the first place, later, by with help from a, the new team, essentially. And, uh, you know, that was pretty interesting in its own right, but what I thought was pretty funny uh, was that, essentially, uh, the original Matrix movies were made by two transgender women, uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski, the Wachowski sisters, and um, Warner Brothers reached out to them and said, hey, we're going to make another Matrix movie. We're going to make The Matrix 4. And they said... No, we don't want to make another Matrix movie. Neo's story is done and over. And so Warner Brothers said, Oh, this wasn't a question. This was a, we're going to make The Matrix 4. If you want to be involved and have your opinion on it, now's your chance. And if you don't, too bad. We're making it with or without you. So um, their hands were forced. Uh, Lily Lowachowski did not get involved. It was Lana. I recorded this part because I couldn't remember who did it, but I went back and uh, Googled it. So, uh, Lana Wachowski was involved, and it's ridiculous because there's literally a point where... So, Neo Neo was a game developer, as I mentioned, and he made three Matrix games. Matrix 1, Matrix 2, Matrix 3, based off of his experience, directly paralleling the movies. And then this video game mega corporation he works for comes to him and his team and says, Hey, Neo, or Mr. Anderson, whatever, we're going to make another Matrix game. And Neo says, I don't want to make another Matrix game. They're done. And they're like, nah. And they give him the same, the same sort of ultimatum they gave with they gave Warner Brothers. They said, doesn't matter. We're going to make it with or without you so you can be involved or not. And so in the end, he, you know, he's like, okay, all right, I'll get involved. So, and that was pretty funny in its own right. And I, I laughed in the theater. Nobody else laughed. I was like, I, I burst out laughing. I turned to my brother. I'm like, get here. <laughs> and I explained it to him in like two minutes. I was like, no, listen. And I explained, I'm like, Kitty, this is exactly what Warner Brothers did to, did to Lana Wachowski. He was like, really? And then we both burst out laughing in the theater. We looked crazy, but it was, it was, the theater was like almost empty. So, you know, it was fine. But we were, we, we, we look a little crazy when we go to movies theater. Kitty, <laughs> We look a little crazy when we go to movies together because we're both insane in the same way. 
But other than this sort of movie video game parallel within the movie, here's another important thing that I watched recently. I didn't play it because my computer is not that good. That's why I review old games. Is that Unreal Engine 5 made by Epic Games, creators of Fortnite. You may have heard of them. And Matrix Revolutions did sort of a collaboration where they released a tech demo, which is uh, short for technology demonstration, where they show different technology they're working on. And for video games, this can mean things like interactivity, shaders, uh, models, that sort of thing. So it's a way for the player to experience the full capabilities of this new game engine. I've explained game engines before, and if you don't give it a quick Google, I'll still be here. Um, it's a little bit much for me to explain in this podcast, but Unreal, but like you know, Unreal Engine Five. But I saw footage of this, and it was footage of the recreated in Unreal, and then like a side by side of footage from the Matrix from the original movie. And my goodness. It was, I, I think if I had seen one for, no, that's not true. I watched the, the Unreal footage first, and I thought that it was the footage from The Matrix, and then the tech demo was later, when it turns out all of it was rendered in real time. So if you don't know what that means, I'll explain this quickly, is that there's a, a couple different ways to render things in games. Some of them are literally just video clips, essentially, which are like some cutscenes old, in older games, are essentially video clips that the developers recorded within the video game so that they would kind of happen the same every single time. But when you render something in real time, it means that every single time that you play that cutscene, it essentially calculates and does it, plays it all, like from scratch, essentially. Like again and again and again. So if you change a character's hair color or if you do that sort of thing, any sort of modification, it'll appear in the cutscene, which is, it's you know more of a trend recently I think because a lot of people are uh, getting they look better because you know uh, pre-rendered cutscenes may have lower quality they may not look as good they may look different than the game we've already experienced so we can have a lot of trouble but um, seeing the this level of graphic detail and accuracy and things like shaders and lighting and and the just the texture detail in Unreal Engine 5 was astonishing. I'm, here's the thing. It looked really good. It looked unbelievable. Because there were times when it was really hard to tell the difference between life to real life and and the video game, which is exactly the point. That's why they did it with The Matrix. Because that's essentially what the Matrix is. A computer program so realistic, you can't tell that you can't tell that you were within this program and not living your real life. Exactly, right? But you know, I I saw it and I was amazed and it was truly, truly impressive. Um, and I have my own feelings about realism in games and how I'm a little bit bothered by it. I understand this technology might be really good for maybe making a movie, but you know, I, I feel like in games, it's just, it's gonna get, it's gonna get worn out really fast, because they develop this engine, and then within a couple years, it's already obsolete, you know, that's, that's the thing with these types of technology, is you try to get more and more realistic, 
and every time you get more realistic in a couple years it's already going to be look super dated and be like oh what how did you think this was real you know now we can actually touch the games you know i'm exaggerating of course but still you know um but it was still very very um impressing to see so if you you know have time go check out a comparison clip or play the tech devil for yourself i highly recommend it now on to my last uh, point uncharted so <laughs> uncharted starring tom holland as nathan drake and mark Wahlberg as victor sully sullivan um, I have never played an Uncharted game before, so I can't really speak to the accuracy of the movies to game in my uh, own personal experience. But from what I've read, it did a pretty good job. So from the things I've, I've read, some reports, reviews, that sort of thing, you know, investigative journalism, as they say, it seems like video game movies are finally making good choices with what they're doing for video games. So a lot of video game movies, which I, this is a problem I've discussed before, the issue is that they try to recreate the experience of the video game without playing it. Despite the fact that video games are made specifically to be played, so a core element of enjoying them is the interactivity. And movies take you out of that. Movies are an experience you sit and absorb, and games are an experience you put your hands into and manipulate. So I was worried that it was going to be really long and, and drawn out and, and boring, but it wasn't, and a lot of people have the same praise. It cut out a lot of the things that the, the game was known for in the, in the gameplay area of it, and packed it down into one very small condensed story. Now, the good thing, another many people have is that it wasn't exactly the story of one of the games because if you wanted to know the story of one of the games you would play the game this was rather an origin story for nathan drake the main character of the uncharted games and a lot of people thought that this was a pretty good take and i agree even though i haven't played the games i think that putting a new spin on a pre-existing property is a pretty good idea for most things Video games, movies, TV shows, etc. We're seeing that with, you know, for example, Star Wars. All the movies, and then they make things like Lego Star Wars. Every video, Star Wars video game that's come out. The Mandalorian. Uh, what else? Book of Boba Fett. They're all sort of derivatives, spin-offs of pre-existing material. And that's essentially what uh, this Uncharted movie was for the games. It was sort of um, not exactly super connected to the main story. It was a like a prequel to the events of the story. An origin story for Nathan Drake, as I mentioned. And it had some elements of the new game, some referencing some things that have happened in, in the future, but not keeping the unknowing audience out. At no point did I ever feel like I didn't understand anything that was going on. And it happens sometimes with video game movies, where they're spouting at you all this nonsense from the games that somebody who hasn't played the games would be, wouldn't know. And then you end up being like, no normal person would enjoy this movie when you're not making a billion dollar movie for, you know, a small niche group of people. You're making it for as many people as possible to make a lot of money. So I like that, that this Uncharted movie was its own self-contained story with a lot of the good story beats that the Uncharted games seem to have 
while staying true to the games and essentially their their core concepts. Um, uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't like jumping out of my seat. I enjoyed Free Guy more than this one, but uh, Free Guy was its own story, and Uncharted was referencing other things. But I did. Uh, I was having fun, and it, I was laughing and telling my mom about it because she went to come watch the movie with us. So because uh, my brother and I were gonna go because we tend to watch movies together. And um, my mom decided to tag along. So I was like, oh no, this is this. This is a reference to this. Speaking of references, a couple Easter eggs I noticed was um, in Nathan Drake's suitcase, there was a sticker for Naughty Dog, which was one of the developers for the Uncharted games, as well as a very obvious and kind of weird scene of, what's his name? Nolan North who is the voice actor for Nathan Drake in the games. And it was such a strangely placed scene where the, you know, the, the characters arrive on a beach and they see this guy and he's like, what happened to you? And they explain to him what happened. And he's like, huh, happened to me once. Take care. And because of the, such of the strange phrasing and like the, like he's a voice actor, but I don't know why it was delivered so weirdly, but you know, the, because of the way he said it, I'm like, oh, this guy definitely voiced Nathan Drake in the games, and I haven't even played them. I, I felt it in my heart. I told my mom, she's like, who is that guy? And I'm like, well, he was the main character in the video game. She's like, all right. And my brother disagreed with me, Googled it, and I was right. Got him. Anyways, so those are the two video games, video game references I noticed, you know, uh, being somebody who doesn't know very well. I'm thinking of playing the Uncharted games now because I'm interested in the story, but that'll have to wait. So, to conclude, video game movies are getting better, I think. People are understanding what makes video games good and what makes movies good and finding an interesting halfway point with it. Technology is getting insane. We might actually live in the Matrix soon. Like, in the next 15 years minimum. Next 15 years minimum, because I don't think we're getting any brain technology soon. But uh, VR is getting there. It's getting scarier every day. Anyways, thank you for listening. I'm Max. Bye.